Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Think of Sluts. Pinko. Comma. Sluts. Pinko. Comma. Sluts. Pinko. Comma. happening i'm doing throat singing oh okay <laughs> nice very soothing or was it of a malicious intent i can't tell when would throat singing ever be malicious i don't know there I, is that beautiful metal band that uses throat singing there's um, also on her too yeah yeah i just wouldn't want to make an assumption that uh, it's all nice and uh peaceful there You gotta work on getting the tone, the upper tone. Yeah, well, you gotta work on doing the two tones at once. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's, That's what I'm saying. Thing. Upper tone. Or the lower tone. Either tone, really. You need both. Yeah, this whole time in their show to be happening at the same time. No, that's how threat singing sound. Anyone see that Jimmy Dore tweet? No, what what did he say? He talked to a boogaloo person who liked gay people in his mind. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Was that what people... I did see people where he was arguing about some uh, left-right unity. I mean, he just talked to any boogaloo person and repeated what they said uncritically. Mm -hmm. Which, like, yeah, you can do. They all say the same thing, and I'm not. No one who is smart should be surprised by it but i do like that there's now this like lib shithead on twitter right now by the way guys i'm back on twitter yay uh but anyway there's now this like, turning over a new leaf he's been let out yeah. of prison by i created a new account to evade my ban against the terms of services of twitter yeah so uh there's this shithead who is now boasting that he like invented hating jimmy Dore, <laughs> which is like kind of the funniest fucking i don't think i've ever heard jimmy Dore actually utter a complete sentence and i fucking hate him i like i remember just like seeing him on youtube like someone showed a clip of his and i'm like oh what is that i hate it yeah i mean everyone hates them and it's like kind of how i imagine like the arnold palmer came to be called the arnold palmer because you know prior to then everyone poured lemonade and iced tea together because that's obviously a good combination and then one day arnold palmer's like oh yeah i invented that and he was Arnold Palmer, so, like, we just let him have this one. That's always been my theory. Well, but and I just want to clarify for anybody out there, an Arnold Palmer is a lemonade and an unsweetened iced tea. The lemonade has sugar, so it's... Exactly. What you get in Baltimore would be lemonade with sweet tea, and that's called a half and half. Oh, that's the difference? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's because I mean, no, that's a highly Baltimore specific thing. Like, right. it's a, yeah, it's no, a classic, yeah, right. it's a classic round the way spot thing that you get in Baltimore is some chicken in a chicken box and a half and half. But I mean, I feel but like if you work at a restaurant in Baltimore, day, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> you know, it's all one substance. And so, like, all the high fructose corn syrup and or dissolved sugar is, I mean, yeah, sure, you have more of it, but I don't know.
whatever. Mm -hmm. What if I was to put lemon juice in a sweet well, tea? Well, I feel like people... Would that not be an Arnold Palmer? Well, I mean, it section? depends. I feel like people do squeeze lemon into sweet tea, and that does not make it a different drink. It would have to be... Well, like that well, and yeah, some I water. Guess. Would it? I mean, essentially, you're combining tea. This is a real, you know, I, I, we weren't planning on this. This is a real is a hot dog a sandwich situation, if you ask me. But you're, yeah, you're combining lemon tea, juice, tea, sugar. and sugar. And really, the difference between a half and half and an Arnold Palmer is the proportions. So if you went the other way, took a sweet tea, got the sugar from that. But didn't add sugar mm -hmm. with a lemonade. Would it not just be I, an I think pump? I think yeah. Yeah. All right. I invented a thing. It's called it's a called You already have a number of things named after you. There's a pizza yeah, that we've named after you, the Marlowe. Yeah. I mean What's on what's yeah. on the Marlowe pizza? It's a chocolate robin provolone, but in pizza form instead of sandwich as they normally do. We're um, gonna start our yeah, own no. uh, well, pizza is... franchise with Marlowe's signature yeah. dish. Yeah, so we become capitalists. Yeah, and have a Marlowe with that. It tastes exactly like an Arnold Palmer. Some might say it has the same ingredients, but it's different. Yeah, it's like um, it's a transposition drink, really, to use Chester. Okay, I've transposed <laughs> into an Arnold Palmer, but uh, I say you've yeah. maybe deconstructed and reconstructed it. Yeah, which is yeah. no, I, I'm like Andy Warhol mm -hmm. of beverages. Yeah. You got a whole bunch of people doing drugs, making or, bullshit. Uh, oh, no, you know what? I'm like Burroughs. I'm doing the cut-up method. Yeah, the cut-up method. That called it, Steven? It's where he yeah, would take other texts or his own texts and then cut them up and reconfigure them on the paper. And then whatever came out ended up being his final manuscript. Yeah, shit was super lame back when they only had speed but didn't have, like, Ellis. It did the dumbest things. <laughs> I just like any story like that because it strikes me as someone going, I'm going to let magic do my work for me. He basically invented the uh, poetry magnets. Yeah. Not that I'm against nonsensical approaches to creativity. Lord oh, he knows. had a whole method. I'm not, he had a whole method but, to it. Like there was a mathematical yeah. approach to him randomly cutting up pieces of paper and stitching them together again. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like that, but with an Arnold Palmer. Mm -hmm. Man, I want to reread Naked Lunch. I was just watching a very Naked Lunch movie. What was Brick? it? Brick oh. is very Naked Lunch. The, the high school yeah, murder like, well, history? Naked Lunch is very noir. The book okay. is follows a yeah, private-eyed noir guy who goes and finds the rube to get to the next fix, and he's all paranoid and drugged out. And that's pretty much the brick, but just set in a high school. Well, to quote Justin Timberlake, just brick, it's cleaner. It's not the brick. Yeah, good movie. The brick! Ryan Don't Johnson. tell us what's it called. It's the brick show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how'd you like the brick show, huh? I don't know what uh, No, is. I just feel like that's an older person thing to do, which is to add an article oh, and call see, a movie a show. Um. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, like introducing every band as Jimmy and the Blanks. Mm -hmm. You know, I was watching I was watching the Kill Bill show. <laughs> and uh, the Kill Bill 2 show. And uh, you know what? I like that one. Is that one of the better sequels better than the original? Oh, I don't know. I feel like Kill Bill one and two are a uh, yeah. They're definitely meant to be a single. Piece. They're, yeah, they're they're meant to be one but, crazy dumb piece, which I I also, love. It's one of my part one is notably less plotty and more violent than part two. Yes, to Stephen's credit. I, prefer part two because I enjoy the more plot heavy elements. Also, I yeah, yeah. am a real sucker. For, like, everything that fucking Tarantino was homaging in those fucking movies got, was real uh, hit for me. Like, yeah. Jaime, I was very into kung fu movies as a kid. So yeah, I just listened to an interview where the Jizza explained all that. Oh, I love that soundtrack, too. It's my... It's one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I literally just listened to an interview with the Jizza where he explained the Pi May thing and, like, all the other shit from Kill Bill. Yeah. But anyway, you said you watched Brick and it was... Um, Love that movie. Such a good movie. 
Yeah, Ryan Johnson is a great director, and if you didn't like TLJ, you're probably a sexist. Uh, it was better than Looper. Yes, like yeah, a, lot a lot better than it. Yeah, no, I mean, Looper is a fun movie. It's, like, nice and goofy, but, yeah, it's not the best movie in the world. Brick's actually a great movie. And then you watch that, you watch, you watch Knives Out, and it's like, oh, he is good at a certain thing. <laughs> He's good at, like, one genre of any kind of murder mystery. doesn't matter the decade mm-hmm. that he's aping off of, so long as he's aping off of a decade, even if it's set in the modern day. He's good at that. Gonna go get to the pin. Yeah, the pin, who always kind of reminded me of how Brian yeah. Ridner saw himself. 100%. Said. <laughs> this is someone me and Steve knew in college. <laughs> but funny. Phil also knows. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, that, like, a good quarter of our audience are familiar with. So, you know, it's topical. He's a kingpin. That's how he gets his name. Bunny, have you seen Brick? Uh, a long time ago. Joseph Gordon, Levitt. Levitt, yeah. No, it's very theater kids I feel like you would like it. I mean, there's a whole theater kids subplot Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah, that, I feel uh, like I remember that, but I definitely have not thought about that movie uh, recently. I think you would like a rewatch because it is like very theatrical. It's corny, but it takes itself seriously. But it's a funny premise. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> but it takes it one hundred percent seriously, and it works. Yeah, because it is modern day Southern California high school kids in a film noir plot where they all kind of speak in film 1940s L.A. film noir lingo. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it's incredibly stupid, but they pull it off by, like, actually saying, yeah, we're going to give a shit and really try and do this. Nice. Well, anyway. Ryan Johnson, that director, he's from Maryland. Yeah, cool. Him and Don Woodard uh, and Noah Anels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody else. We're in a new Nobody era, else. everyone. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I had brunch. Stem, stem stole the election. Uh, we all oh, that's have right. to have brunch now. Yeah, we're all at brunch. Basker uh, Sincara assures me it's fine. Yeah, everyone's at brunch. Everyone's... Well, I guess now's a good time to talk about it. Uh, the top meme was, of course, our Hal mm. Bernie. Just minding his business, really. Uh, no, he's is- doing a sexism. Yeah, well, this is what I'm leading into. Except uh, many feel as though he was narcissistically centering himself and not performing emotional labor at the first inauguration of a woman of color vice president. And the mastermind diabolical machinations of, you know, bizarro universe misogynist Bernie Sanders never cease to, like, amaze me. Like, it's... (laughs) What was the one tweet? I believe she said it was an ice-cold feminist take. Mm. Oh, Uh, yeah, that one. The one... um, (laughs) Well, I give a shit because this kind of bullshit muddles up any, like, real conversation around things like emotional labor and blah, blah, blah. Valid conversations to be had. Exactly. And like these women who are revealing themselves to think emotional labor is the political elite dressing up in couture to, you know what I mean? Like that's what she's equating it to. But I mean, it would have been funny if Bernie would have, uh, would have zhuzhed up randomly, suddenly. I actually (laughs) want him in a pimp coat, just a purple long jacket. Just go full on appropriation of something. It's a long purple with a cane, <laughs> just like the pin. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. But uh, yeah, it's really irritating. Can we discuss why? Uh, Can we discuss why everyone thinks no matter what he does, it's somehow a well, it is, degradation it is, of minorities? It is kind of uh, coming up on um, a year. Remember last year, guys? Yeah, Um, yeah, well, I mean, there are people, a segment of people who are very keen on the belief that Bernie Sanders and his army of Bernie bros are all like racist misogynists deep down. Okay, but why do they think that? um, Because this is going to keep coming up every time. 
Well, yeah, it's going to come up every time. I mean, the people I see maintaining it are definitely a lot of the people who were Warren supporters mm -hmm. last year. And of course, it was about a year ago when she decided to take this pivot and declare that Bernie Sanders in this private conversation said a woman couldn't be president, I believe is what she said and then when he said that's not what i said it was like it'd be whatever uh she obviously was trying to spoil bernie which sucks but this is like the one remnant that so many people have held on to this idea uh and of course at that time as well there were people who were saying that bernie reminded them of their you know abusive father abusive yeah. partner you know, one of the tweets this week that was calling him grumpy, I was just like, I, I don't, what was he doing that Cut was grumpy? Like, yeah. So it's it's just fucking um, this, it's a vendetta these people have. And they're yeah, going to, they they're going to, like I don't yeah, know. Whatever. <laughs> like they don't like um it's also like just a weird brain worm i mean because i see people say it with this like sincerity where it's not like oh i just don't like them they like project this maliciousness onto yeah, i think they would still that say is. the exact same thing if he was a woman of color and they oh, they, they have said the same thing yeah, they said the same thing about Omar and AOC. It's not, it has yeah. nothing to do with Bernie. Right. And it has nothing to right. do with his ethnicity. Oh, yeah. All of the specific things that happen to be in practice kind of anti Semitic. They're just like personal digs in service of putting a shitty vibe on this person because they don't like what he represents politically. Like, it's, you know, a lot of people are so comfortable with that idea that like leftism is real, like a secret code for some kind of inverse white mm -hmm. supremacy, I guess. And it's bizarre to me because I don't think it's that difficult to find, you know, people of color who are socialists who are pretty vocal about it to, you know, know they exist at least. But it's a convenient narrative for people who, like, the people who want to live on TV where they want, the people who are posting, like, Leslie Nope knew. <laughs> of course, referencing Amy Poehler's character from Parks and Recreation who had a, like, cutesy wootsy fixation with then Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, he guested on the show, things like that. Like, there's a segment of the population, the brunchers or whatever. They're the people who watch a show and really laugh because the show is having a, another guest star on and they're like, oh, they're friends in real life. Like, those <laughs> people like that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the kind of people who, like, that's for, that's what a lot of this is, you know? And it's a lot of people that I consider friends that I like are dangerously on the knife's edge <laughs> with uh, some of this stuff. And I just, you know, out of, I don't... I guess the why... Okay, so then what are they defending? What do they believe in? Well, the the current narrative is that, like, they're not being allowed to enjoy the, the Black and South Asian vice lady. This is the current version of it, which, you know, of course, most of the people who are saying something critical of Kamala Harris are probably bringing up things about her <laughs> career, like, you know what I mean? Choices she makes, things like that. But they're like, I just want to be like, her outfit was cute. Like, stop. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. Like, there's some people who talk about politics because they're like, trying to think of ways that it could be better and different and are like these people should be doing these things for us and there's other people who act like it's celebrity junior or like smart people celebs right and that's I feel like that's a big misconception that these people are smart <laughs> and okay that's interesting but it is that's definitely what about celebrity makes it mm -hmm. so that these people are more palatable or less open to criticism or just kind of ideals in their mind of politicians. I know Marlo goes on about how they need like bureaucrats or managers to manage the empire that, and they think the smartest people will manage it the best. And that's sort of what I'm picking up, but I think it's something else too. Like celebrities aren't good at managing shit. They get other people to manage for them, but for some reason they believe celebrities should be better at doing this than a grumpy old socialist. I think during the course of 
our lifetimes, there's definitely been a media's become one big blobby thing, right? In the past, when there's less media, less things you're paying attention to, there were these like finely demarcated lines of this is about serious stuff and this is about the movies and this is about whatever, right? And now everything's kind of one big mishmash with social media. And I think a lot of neoliberals, what is kind of definitive about them is that uh, they want to have this cutesy celeb-like appeal Like, think about Bill Clinton, right? First black president. Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill Clinton, um, uh, he did a number of things in his run for president. He went on MTV, Mm. which was a big deal. They asked a question, boxers or briefs. That was a huge fucking deal. Everyone was like, this guy's cool as shit. He went out on Arsenio Hall, of course, and he played the saxophone. These are things that, like, are the images that define someone for people. And I think Bill Clinton was one of these first, like, modern figures that was kind of good at that. And his triangulation politics, his, like, oh, I'm going to take a little of this, little of this, and do something fucking corrupt in the middle, is um, what people mean by fucking unity. They don't just mean unity reaching across the aisle. They mean this, like, cutesy feeling of everyone's getting served in well, this I feel like Reagan way. also um, was known throughout his presidency, and you watch media now from the time where he was well, obviously he was the he movie was a star movie president, star. and that was like, and he was in a really well-known series of ads that were very endearing and familiar to people. So I'm not saying that this is not fuck but, me, you're right, oh, but that is I part of to that is part of. The I'm trying to Democrats, make a but, thing about neoliberalism that you mentioned, like they yeah. look for celebrities. And these liberals, they're also uh, in love with Ronald Reagan. Actually, we're all they're all in love with Nancy Reagan. She's the diabolical mastermind. Well, and if, if anyone represented yeah. a political force that was unifying a country, it was Ronald Reagan. He was the the unity candidate he won 49 fucking states like he he, he was the last person yes that- yeah you can't discount the factor of his celebrity contributing to that as one of my long-standing points is most americans are kind of alienated from politics so they vote for whoever they think the cool person well, is my hypothesis gets into a book that i've been reading a lot lately in my writing about good charlotte society of the spectacle the board long diatribe about celebrity and how celebrity you know is engaging constantly in the world of the spectacle which is divorced from materialism and divorced from you know a set reality and they have to create this spectacle that's outside of themselves that they engage with each other on between tabloids or between beefs or between ads is kind of overarching thing is that you know politics becomes this spectacular force this spectacle that people engage in in this like higher level that these underlings can't process because they don't run the media they don't run these mega corporations that are taking sides that then project images out. And I think that's what neoliberals have been trained to look for, is someone who can engage the spectacle, who can use the spectacle to their advantage, use images, use PR stunts, use pandering in the worst way possible, use their identity, which is also wrapped up in whatever the media tells you you're supposed to think about it and i think it's a limited analysis but i do see this as being a way that people are engaging with something like a bernie meme or with kamala harris vogue cover and that you take sides like a football team Well, and I mean, then there's also just fucking having a woman vice president is going to bring up all these questions that we like, frankly, there's no answer to because we've never had a woman be president or vice president. So we don't know what the appropriate line is from treating her like a serious politician and also putting her in a pretty dress and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, with the Vogue cover, there was obviously an attempt to make 
make her look down to earth and like, you know, it's just horny. <laughs> the low top converse, all that. I can just, uh, I'm going to have a miserable I, four years, guys. I'm already having a miserable time. <laughs> I get I got into a fight with, well, not a fight, one of my old, old customers living in Carroll Gardens, not far from where you work, Bunny. Down the street from you. Yes, Bunny works in Carroll Gardens for anybody looking to stalk her. Oh, um, yeah, come and get it. <laughs> um, and she comes out. She's got like five teeth. Um, she looks 115 years old. Uh, she comes out and she's like, did you watch the inauguration? I'm like, yeah, I did. And she's like, what do you think of the new president? I'm like, I don't like him. And she's like, well, he's better than the old one. You better learn to. All this coronavirus is going to get better. I'm like, people are dying. He literally said he's yeah. not going to do anything. Like, <laughs> my life has just gotten steadily worse no matter who's president. So, like, you can't tell me things are going to get better. I'm not going to believe you. And so, you know, I sat there. She talked her head off. And that's how my job's been you going. You argued with an old lady who... And she's Probably like, hasn't seen her grandkids since the pandemic started. She's like, just wants a handsome young man young to talk to, to Stephen and not judge her joy. You're too young to have such a dark outlook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, been yeah. here. I've seen more than you have. Oh, my God. <laughs> she invented the Arnold Palmer. She and she. And then the twist is she and then didn't get credited because she's a woman. <laughs> it was Arnold Palmer the whole time, always has been. I definitely felt the need to sort of be like, oh, ha -ha. <laughs> two people uh, in my family. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, functioning I, in I, I don't I don't make it a, a yeah, big no, deal I... to every person, but it's definitely funny. It's definitely funny to me to see people pretend that they're <laughs> serious. And then they're like, yay, girl boss. <laughs> Guys, it's been a tremendous restraint week for me as uh, I went to a prep school, as you all know, and uh, got to see a lot of girls I went to high school with post, you know, photos of their white daughters and just give teary-eyed speeches about how happy they are. Their daughters get to grow up in a world where there's a lady vice president and I just, ugh, God damn it. I feel like I'm in one of those movies where there's a... Uh, high school reunion at Bruin and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> That's how it makes me feel. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum ever. <laughs> so to speak. But uh, what irritates me is that these people don't really give a shit in reality. They don't give a shit about what actually criticize Kamala Harris about. They just want to feel good that they, they did it. And they don't yeah. want you to ruin their good feelings. And uh, yeah. How about Joe Biden telling that person? Yeah, I heard that. Self because of it was a journalist, right? Vaccine. Because, you know, like Joe Biden literally said like, a hundred million vaccines in a hundred days like it was like a thing that was bandied around that he said and so it's like so are you gonna do that <laughs> like, oh, on our, our plan starts with mounting an aggressive safe and effective vaccination campaign to meet our goal of administering 100 million shots in our first hundred days in office we're on day one and I'm committed to getting it done. We're committed to getting it done. And I explained, as I explained last week, we'll move heaven and earth to get more people vaccinated for free and create more places for them to get vaccinated. When I announced that you all said it's not possible. Come on, give me a break, man. That's a good start. Thank you. They're not even going to... Did I hear correctly? They're not even going to give the other part of this uh, fucking mythical $2,000 until April. At least March. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. Like, they're so horny to means test and withhold. I mean... $15 minimum wage isn't going into effect until 2026 if Biden um, gets his way. Like, it's really bad. 
that fifteen dollars was. Ten, it would have been appropriate ten years like, ago, uh, but it still brings yeah, out all the dummies. Like, it still brings thing. out all the dummies. Oh, I, I am. Who don't understand that? Like you can't yeah. just say the same number yeah. for ten years because that's actually the yeah. point. Well, or the people like, <laughs> who can't afford that, they should. You know, I can't believe how many people are still uh, the people who think that minimum wage is for high school kids. <laughs> Like these imaginary high school kids who are working, I guess, all the shifts at a uh, <laughs> McDonald's. They're just taking turns with their free periods at school. It's very funny to me. Imagine all uh, the people that are going to get fired after minimum wage. Burgers are going to be a billion dollars. They're gonna lose jobs. Every single job that has to raise the minimum wage is gonna have to cut their labor across the board. It's simple math. Simple math. Simple math like these entities are beasts that we don't quite fully understand, but we know they require a certain degree of human suffering to uh, maintain things. That's what it feels like, because at a certain point, a lot of these, even if you took economic arguments seriously, a lot of these arguments are bullshit. And it's just a weird addiction to kind of what, you know, I like to call a punitive horniness, where they just got to feel like someone's fucking suffering, man. If that's not guaranteed, what is America, man? What, um... There's been 30 executive orders signed since Wednesday. We're we're recording this on Saturday after the nomination or inauguration. Mm -hmm. 30 executive orders. I only know like two of them. I tried to look it up, but it seems like most of them are just rollbacks of Trump. Yeah, they're almost and all conservatives are mad at him. But like, who the fuck cares? Um, is there anything worth talking about of the executive orders? I I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't. No, like there hasn't been anything that happened. Ever. Like nothing meaningful. Yeah, some turfs got mad about one, but that doesn't matter because mm. they don't really matter. Um, yeah, no. No, right. all people are fucking talking about is the continued efforts to impeach Donald Trump and the conservatives now, of course, are like, yeah. I can't believe they're picking on him when he is not even president no more. Oh my God, that's so rude. <laughs> is that your wrestling like impression? The bumpkins. That's not my bumpkin. That's my like busybody. She's got cut a nice laugh. Thank you very much. I'm, I am predicting. <laughs> she could have been on one of the Bravo shows. I am predicting know? that they're uh, they're gonna fucking really make a run at uh, Maduro. Just straight up run a team at his castle. Well, they're gonna enjoy a lot of people feeling like they can set it and forget it. They don't have to pay attention to the minutia of what the administration's doing because they're safe. They got evil, bad, orange guy out, so they're safe and whatever. And yeah, it definitely opens the door up to I mean, things Mike, like that. Marco Rubio I is think. just dick hard in his hand for a ground invasion. Who said that, uh, that other fucker, Guido... Yeah, they're recognizing Guido. So did Twitter. Which isn't surprising. I will say, it's not that I'm surprised, but, you know, just that they accepted the mm. whole Jerusalem thing so easily. Where it's like, that was actually, if you want to be like a Sorkin, you know, institution fucker, it like was a U.S. policy that had been in place and considered kind of key to U.S. foreign policy since Israel existed. <laughs> um, and it just, and Trump just reversed it. And it was actually, from the Sorkin brand perspective, kind of an insane thing for Trump well, to do. I mean, and that they just don't give a shit. <laughs> almost a lobbyist for Israel. This is what Israel uh, wanted. Yeah. yeah. It's not Biden wouldn't do it, but he wouldn't. Yeah, but Biden would never do it himself. It's like I'm not surprised by it, but it's kind of ridiculous at the same time if you give it any thought. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like the Guaido thing, like it actually was a thing that Trump did that was consistent. But maybe next time, U.S. foreign policy uh, anyway. So more than just yeah, like a boatload of degenerates. Yeah, no, they'll try next time certainly nothing matters 
That's right. Nothing matters. Uh, my chest has been just fucking awful this week. I'm so... Oh, I have <laughs> my... Shit sucks. My thing that I've been following or catching up on. There's a bunch of, like, counter tenors who... I've just been following their like battle of who's the best singer who can sing like a whale. Counter tenor is somebody who's a counter soprano. I have no idea what that means. And uh, who, like Tony Soprano. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they they can access their the uh, whistle register, which is the same as Mariah Carey, and they sing an opera in that high register. There's one Latvian Vitas who uh, you've probably seen the GIF of him with his tongue out or whatever from like the mid 2000s but then there's a new one okay. Dimash who's from Kazakhstan so these um, like modern day people well it's yeah. like so it's like a genre opera, that's a thing sup- opera male sopranos are definitely an upcoming thing in the former eastern bloc and it just kind of fascinates me because they are all going to Asia that's the market. It seems like a lot of the Russian markets are all in China, Japan, South Korea. And uh, so they just... Yeah, who do you think wants to see a bunch of white guys <laughs> singing real high? Yeah, it does seem like a thing that with no... Oh, and they're so into it. And the latest one I saw was them... <laughs> they, they basically battle over the Fifth Element song. Yeah, oh, the, the impossible the, these, uh, you know, Two song. twinks who are just singing like the alien lady. If anybody wants to check them out, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on who's better. I'm personally loyal to mm-hmm. Vitas. I discovered that guy in college. When I was like 18. I was like, this is the wackiest guy who is dressed as an alien and singing like a narwhal. And uh, he's <laughs> awesome. Uh, he came out with a cover of Skyfall too. I didn't realize that. And yeah, Dimash is apparently the greatest singer in the world, according to some people. And I just watch all these like MILFs imagine that they're their child or something. I don't know. Oh my God, he's so good at opera. I'm like, oh, please. You know, Vitas is way better. <laughs> mm. I love getting a new interest and then immediately becoming antagonistic yeah, to yeah, people exactly. who disagree with me. Yeah. It's lovely. You take sides. So you gotta take sides immediately. It's like slash and buckethead. Oh team yeah. buckethead all the way. I rented a new movie this week. You know how they could mm. be in theaters, mm-hmm. but also you can rent them for like fifteen dollars. <laughs> at your house so i did i i saw promising young woman oh shit i keep saying the trailer definitely like uh, i have a lot to say about it and i don't want to just it seems like one could say a lot about the movie um i definitely um had experience this week where uh, i saw someone have a totally different reaction to that movie than me having just watched it i was like you (laughs) fucking idiot (laughs) so uh but yes uh if if it's possible, I mean, it costs like what I said, did you fifteen dollars to rent it. So yeah, no, this I don't requires us to learn your yes. opinion. I don't want to, yeah. So I don't want to spoil it. But I guess the premise, if you've seen the previews, is sort of giving you uh, like lady mm-hmm. revenge vibes, right? Yeah. This character played by uh, Carrie Mulligan. Remember her? Oh, you know what? It it reminds me of the movie from that fucking show, Barry, that, yeah, Yeah, the TV show that that guy was trying to pitch to her, essentially. But they actually made it. Well, that's what the preview gives you the impression of. The movie itself is very different. Okay. So I'd say there's definitely an intentional kind of subverting of a certain like uh, abuse, revenge, rape, revenge genre in this movie. The performances are really good, etc. It's really excellent for me up until a point, and the entire denouement was uh, sort of a letdown for me. I felt it fell prey to this assumption uh, that I see over and over again. And it was almost a little bit in that episode of Barry when um, they pitched this really lowbrow thing to her. There's this assumption that we want realism 
and we don't want the revenge fantasy. We want to see you beat the shit out of the woman. We want to see her not win the fight. Like there's this thing that I see come up over and over again where something will be advertised like Um, it's a lady revenge thing. But then I watch the movie and she's uh, getting her ass kicked or she's like whatever at some point or whatever. And I frankly, that's not deep to me. That's like this kind of fake deep shit that irritates the fuck out of me. But me specifically as somebody who experienced domestic violence, I like, I don't need to, I lived it. I don't need to see a realistic uh, portrayal uh, over and over and over and over again in every genre. Like, it's not like, oh, we only see this kind of thing in a certain kind of movie. Uh, you know, sobbing, creaky, crying woman or women being like violently disposed of is pretty frequent image. <laughs> um, it's I don't find it subversive or it's not deep to me. And then they're in this particular movie. There is this sort of all of a sudden there's this preternatural reliance on the justice system to come through in a weird way that I really just Yeah, a lot of movies um, that deal with that tend to mythologize the way in which police and the authorities deal with it. And I find Mm -hmm. that uh, as somebody who also experienced it and experienced the failure or the complications of police dealing with domestic violence, it really ticks me the fuck off. Yeah, so... uh I actually love the movie Enough, the Jennifer Lopez movie Enough. It's a very, like, not highbrow take on uh, domestic violence, even down to how the, like, fights are choreographed in it. It's choreographed like it's an action movie right from the get-go. So the end of that movie where Jennifer Lopez is trained up in Krav Maga and beats her abusive ex to death (laughs) is excellent. (laughs) Like, that's what I want to see in a fucking fictional movie, okay? I don't need to see another bitch get her teeth kicked in. It's just like... Uh, there was a Gabrielle Union movie a couple years ago too where it was very much it seemed pitched like it was this mom and these guys were trying to rob her house and she was like not today motherfuckers right and so you thought oh this is going to be this kind of like kick ass movie I watched the movie and they beat the shit out of her for most of it like (laughs) her getting revenge and getting safe is a very little part of that movie and I was like who thinks I need realism in my violence against women I don't understand um, I, of course, there's fuckboys who see an unrealistic fight to them in a movie where a woman's kicking ass and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that wouldn't really happen. Yeah, who cares? Uh, also, uh, Star Wars wouldn't really happen. <laughs> like, I like how these people um, that are watching are, called, are, are just, in your mind, fuckboys. This is the, all of us can agree that the fuckboys watching this movie would have this yeah. take about it. Well, I just, I don't know. It irritates me incredibly when somebody play because I did, after I watched this movie, uh, Promising Young Woman, I did read an interview with the director. And she basically says straight up that she chose the ending because they wanted it to be, like, more realistic. And, uh, boo. <laughs> I don't like it. So and is this what you got in the she, fight about? Uh, so this... Well, no, I just got upset because some people were very much like, this movie was really deep. And like, um, it's irritating to me. And it was almost like some people were, because the preview makes it look like she is luring uh, predatory young men alone and then doing something to them, right? But you watch the movie, all she does is scare them by uh, suddenly turning sober when they're trying to essentially coerce or force her into drunk sex right so she doesn't beat them up <laughs> she doesn't like you know what i mean like, she does, yeah she just like is like pretends to be really fucked up and then they're like come on come on like and she's like no no take me home like blah and like yeah so come on, come on. And, then she'll, and then she'll just go then she'll just look him in the eye and be like hey buddy blah 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 and they're like what the fuck you're sober so it's basically uh, john queen yanez what would you do um i've not seen that movie, but no but it's, a, it's, a, it's a recurring segment on like i think abc 2020 mm. or some shit oh, oh, oh 
Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I do know what you speak of now. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that, but you find out she's doing this because she had a friend who was raped. It what fucking sucks. Okay, guys, look, I'm just gonna go ahead and go into it. Uh, what sucks for me specifically is that the exact plot line of her motivation for her revenge in doing this in the movie is something I also wrote into a script. But my script's about a woman who makes an accidental deal with a devil and becomes a demon, um, and then she eats rapists. Yeah. It's better. But the motivation is the same, which is her college roommate best friend is raped by some frat guys and then she kills herself right okay. so except it's med school for some reason instead of it's not undergrad it's med school where they're having these wild parties where they rape her friend and you know whatever yeah so she just like spends her time essentially pretending to be drunk places <laughs> waiting for someone to um mm. be a predator to her and then like freaking him out basically cool. i was just kind of assuming it'd be like some like fun little like woke saw basically was what i was thinking yeah well that's the thing is like, do they have they, a woke saw i thought that was woke saw they should yeah, no, well and saw. then you think she's gonna get like her ultimate vengeance on the actual guy who raped her dead friend and she threatens almost a woke saw thing where she's gonna carve the dead friend's name into him with a scalpel but then they gotta get realistic yeah but then that's when they decide the movie's gotta get realistic so um she doesn't succeed and in her death she relies on the justice system to come Mm. through on a video she sent them and so it's like it fucking sucks it's this like no that movie looked like it had the potential to be kind of the performances are amazing that's what sucks is like the performances are amazing it's very tense it's very compelling and honestly until that end and the like denouement like i said it had a potential to be a very beloved movie by me there's a lot of things i liked about it and then i just was like i fuck this <laughs> you know i didn't need to see her body being disposed of who is this for and what is this realism and the way people who liked it were speaking about it is like well i didn't want to do whatever and like what would happen in real life in that situation where she's tried to trap this guy in revenge and then he gets loose and beats her to death. <laughs> like, and it's like, um, whatever, man. I want, give me the fucking fantasy, man. Give me the Ocean's Eleven, whatever, man. Um, also, if somebody only has one hand free and they are trying to smother you, pretend to be dead. They'll stop <laughs> and then you get away. I don't know. Anyway, and uh, that's something I learned as an abuse. Now person. I am. <laughs> It's terrible. Now I am imagining a woke saw. Yeah, no. Um, I'm imagining like two pits with spikes in them. One with like a woman who's uh, of mixed race, and another one is like a black man, and you have to choose which one the the Mm. more woke to say. Compression oh. Olympics, yeah, Saul. Yeah, and then if you choose yeah, the wrong funny. one, you fucking die. Yeah, you, you have to do like human trolley problems with different identity groups. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Um I actually I don't think there is uh when I read the interview with this director she was speaking as if there's like a ton oh there's just a ton of revenge stories out here where women are just blah 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 and i'm like this is a very specific kind of like genre within a genre i feel like there's two that i've seen recently Uh, i think we could afford some more fantastical comeuppances being fiction you know shown to us in some kind of fictional setting i don't get it i don't get this uh that's a general thing for me i don't get it when people are so horny for what they think of as realism but what they mean is things that are a bummer Um, would (laughs) someone louise sort of fall into that well, there's monster. I was gonna. I that guess. was the other one. It was monster and Thelma and Louise that were the two I could think of. I saw monster recently, and that was so. Yeah, sad. no, monster is a true story, and also quite so sad. Oh my god, I could not. <laughs> yeah, like, 
I mean, Monster yeah, actually yeah, is. Well, I know, and she's the first woman that it's got electrocuted. It's also, yeah, also it's for anybody who like randomly does listen to this show because they are a fan of me, Bunny Themelis, uh, the comedian. Yes, uh, Monster is the subject of one of my longest bits uh, <laughs> where I talk about how it's unfair for women because even when we get a serial killer movie, you watch that movie and you're yeah. on the serial killer side. For much of the movie <laughs> you feel sorry for her you you know um it doesn't have quite the same effect of ooh, hey, i was Jabber's always on you. ted bundy's side uh though he ted wouldn't bundy have eaten me but no but that's but it is a funny thing i there is a ted bundy movie i remember seeing and they make him um just uh, very good yeah. at getting away yeah. at talking his way out of things so it's, it's like uh, the entire movie. Yeah, the entire movie. He's just like killing bitches and coming back to have sex with their bodies and uh, getting away, talking his way, charming police. And one time he escaped from prison and then went immediately to try to victimize a woman and didn't, she escaped. Didn't he go and, immediately uh, to just, uh, what was it know. like a sorority house and just rampaged? He. He did do a sorority rampage. That is that is one of the things he did. Uh, he didn't kill all of those women, but um, he did. My favorite uh, part of that movie is at the very there, end when went, there's just children who are holding dead cats, and they have like a weird filter on, so it's the grass is like purple, and they're like, "I'm Ted Bundy." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the one? It's uh, like a lifetime, like from the '90s. Okay, I was okay. I was hoping that's it's the one you so were good. talking about because uh, it is the best one. Okay, there was like a, more than one Ted Bundy movie in the 90s. I have seen several of them, but did they do in the Lifetime movie like, I feel like there was a part where he gets executed and then they sort of like show the guards abusing him and it's like... Basically, or there's like a almost a throwaway moment where right before they're going to execute him, they're like talking about beating him up yeah. and shoving a bunch of stuff up his ass. And I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, of course, that's realistic, I am sure. But uh, am I supposed to feel sorry now for um, the technology in this moment? I mean, it's a movie. I'm against the death penalty in general, but he did get away a couple times. So, you know. I say death penalty only gets to be evoked if you uh, <laughs> talked your way into escaping twice yeah. before. Yeah. I think it's fair then. No, I don't think the state should kill anybody. But if we had to, if I was in charge, if of you the were state the Stalinist scenario, dictator of <laughs> this, if I was the lady Stalin, then I plan to be. Now uh, there's another yeah, movie we I, can I'd make, have, Lady uh, Stalin. This is how I. Oh, and then we could do a Photoshop like that yeah. for Biden Stalin, <laughs> but it'll be me. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of movie you start uh, making and then like realize at a certain point you're kind of just making this weird female gulag guard fetish film. Which, what is the problem with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, just women and I feel in like these, like, scanty, like, leather, Soviet uniform-looking things, making men break rocks and shit. Ooh, that seems yeah, cool. I would literally like just yeah. describe, <laughs> like, a fetish film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I could definitely, I could definitely see myself accidentally, uh, or somebody's like, here, I'll give you money to make this, and I'm like, okay, and yeah, they, yeah. they know it's a fetish film, but I, I still think I'm making my Lady Stalin epic. That could have uh, been a Seinfeld plot or some shit. <laughs> if I was the Lady Stalin of the USA, um, I would say, okay, death penalty fetishist, you can have the death penalty, but only if the criminal in question has talked his way into a clever escape more okay, than okay. one Okay, can time, we combine this Lady Stalin idea with woke saw? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I smell a franchise. Okay, yeah, I could maybe see that. Okay, the escaping twice thing also comes into play. So that's when the woke saw happens is when you've escaped twice and you were sent to no, death row. It's kind of no, a is, Hunger no. Games um woke saw is a uh, reality lady serial show. killer who basically the plot of that fucking movie uh that you hate. Uh, but then she like tortures her victims and chops their dicks off. 
Like, that, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. I don't see why we have to confuse this by like just combining every fucking idea. I thought what we saw was a lady putting these white men into impossible puzzle situations. Well, yeah, and also, yeah, and also impossible puzzle situations where they have to like be like, okay, you have an Asian I person who would, okay, is I... going to college or a white person whose first language is in English uh, and you can only save one of them from this death contraption. Yeah, some shit like that. <laughs> well, I think that oh, would be... And but also the white guy is also... But what if that people. person who's the lady serial killer was also dressed as Stalin? If she... Yeah. No. What if, Why would um, they be dressed? No. Now I... Now I feel like I feel like I look really good with the mustache. With the, that would um, be its own thing. Yeah, I do love a mustache. I do always, uh, if I have occasion to wear and a the mustache. Places, in each it. one, is, there's um, five places, and it's the five year plan. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marlo doesn't like this yeah. riff. I, I yeah, was going to go I, for I a more. So much. You've taken a beautiful pure eye. Yeah, His no, and now it's going through development idea. hell, and, and all of a sudden... Hey, that's showbiz, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be Dirty Sorry, Dancing Havana Nights 3 day. or whatever. I did spend almost all day watching um, the Comedy Store documentary <laughs> series that that's uh, on Showtime. Okay. I, I've so, been watching oh, um, it, uh, movies about manhunting, like uh, Hunger Games. There's one nice. that came out that was like really politically charged and really stupid with the guy from Always Sunny. Yeah, okay. And they're they just bring the people and dump them into a field. Which guy from Always Sunny? Um, Dennis. Have, oh, okay. And uh, they dump a whole bunch of people, and you find out that it's all simulation, and that they're in like Siberia the whole time, and then they have the the lady has to fight her way out. And you find out at the end, which I'm spoiling, they, they picked up the wrong lady with the same name. Well, also, you haven't named what this movie actually is. So this it doesn't is, really this, matter if you're this, this episode is <laughs> definitely the spoiler yeah, episode. So if you ever plan to be watching that movie, uh, that's how it ends. Yeah, that movie yeah, Glenn with Howardin Dennis. Of AP Bio fame. And this movie that I'm looking up right now. Um, no, the hunt. don't give the, the hunt. No, it's better. It's called Wait. the hunt. Oh, it was the oh, the okay. hunt, the hunt, because it had uh it had uh what's her face? And she dies um, in the first like Glow. ten minutes of the movie. The, the, the other movie that I watched was uh, Ready or Not. I liked Ready or Not a lot more. Oh, I did like Ready or Not. It's fun. That's a good movie to bring up in comparison to what we've been talking about. Yes. Uh, With the I woman like sitting, smoking a cigarette, uh, <laughs> and the whole place burning. Also, the yeah. mystical uh, spirit killing was, off the was. entire family. Well, yes, it did one of my favorite things where there's a question of whether some supernatural mm-hmm. element is real or not, right? They're not sure. It could, oh, is it just their belief in it that's making them make these crazy decisions? Or is there a, you know, it, there's a tension there. And I'm the kind of dork who always likes the choice of making it real. Why do a fucking movie if, <laughs> if you don't make the dumber, you know, more deviant uh, from actual reality choice? And make the supernatural element real. Mm-hmm. So uh, they do all explode. Imagine if Django um, and Chain just at, like at, ended with Django like getting sold back into slavery. I'm, I'm just saying, like, imagine what? if they the realism, the realistic yeah. Django and Chain. Like, oh, yeah, it's more realistic. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. I would hate that. Yeah, this is the thing. I'm like, who told these like wet blanket people that like realism? is what people want to a degree where they definitely want the saddest truth of things in the most gruesome ways displayed to them. But yes, that would be fucking hilarious. This brings up a good point, which is I don't like, quote unquote, one of these kind of realistic endings to a, say, a horror movie, uh, the aforementioned Ready or Not. I like a good guy to win. In a scary movie, still. Not that I go in needing that, but I find that the movies that I like... I like 
there is something about sex uh, outside of something like that happens. <laughs> well, I you know I can appreciate a real like crazy campiness and like etc. I know what I'm getting into, but my favorite scary movies sort of there is a triumph of the will. Um, of, the will. of some sort. Yeah, I, there there's some kind of triumph though. You know, I guess many people disagreed with me. Uh, one of my favorite movies from last year was Midsummer. I feel like it, it, yeah. <laughs> it ended triumphantly. I, I mean, I, a lot, character uh, one that in a way that had been justified by the film. Yes. Which is how I felt about it. But I, I, I there was a lot I liked about the film. Otherwise, I'm kind of into folk horror in general. Um, but I have a friend who hated the movie. He thought it was so horrible that what Danny had done. And I was so, like, aghast that he had such a opposite but strong reaction to this same movie. I, like, we had a whole uh, extended argument about it because... I don't he kept returning to this idea like uh I don't know that she somehow should have not agreed and saved her so boyfriend shitty. who was not great to her and I don't know what escaped these people <laughs> I was like do you think that was an option for real like if you're trying or to think about this realistically again movie like she was gonna <laughs> movie it's established <laughs> yeah yeah that was the thing I was like oh what she was gonna say no kill this guy this other guy and uh, we're gonna escape the remote place in fucking Sweden we are no yeah, you're there, that you're a part of this community now. <laughs> well, I mean, that movie famously, I, uh, I remember. But I did. I remember uh, some tweet when it was in theaters still where someone's like, yeah, I just heard like a couple basically break up over this movie after it had this. Uh, <laughs> where it was just like the guy's like, well, that was fucked up. And the woman's like, oh, it's interesting you think. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, no, that's funny because there were takes that were like, <laughs> that guy didn't do anything. And I was like, what? He sucked he was, so I was like, much. I was like, you liked him? It, like, that no, fascinated me. So that anybody shitty. could come away and like that character. Oh, my God, he sucked so bad. He wasn't just a shitty boyfriend. Yeah. He was shitty to all of his friends. And it was this, like, symbiotic thing. Ugh. Hereditary was yeah, still better. Yeah, I definitely... Uh, yeah, well, Hereditary is more mm -hmm. um, of a proper horror movie. If people went into Midsummer wanting it to be, like, super scary, it definitely isn't that kind of movie. For me, I just... I loved... <laughs> the visuals were so good. It was very, uh, like, mm. drinkable movie visually. There's, like, a few movies that I just like on that level. Sofia Coppola, who is totally not a favorite director of mine at all. I really liked her Marie Antoinette for that alone. The visuals of that movie are, like, really, like, rich and gorgeous in a way that I, like, watch that movie for that alone. But I, I liked Midsummer, like, on that level and another level. But definitely not as scary as Hereditary. But a little bit of vengeance. I don't know. Mm. I say let, let the ladies have our vengeances. That's a good way to end. Let the ladies have their vengeance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're pro pro lady vengeance podcast. And by lady, I mean ladies, femmes, people who want to be on this side. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> people who've been uh, bullied or marginalized. I want you yeah. to see a movie yeah. where you get to beat the shit out of the bad guys. Woke saw. Yeah. Everyone, everyone deserves um, this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, see ya. See ya. Woke saw.
Just look into her false colored eyes She builds you up just to bring you down What a clown, cause everybody knows She's a femme fatale The thing she does to please She's a femme fatale She's just a little tease She's a femme Have a look She's going to smile To make you frown What a clown Little boy, she's from the street Before you start, you're already beat She's going to play you for a fool Yes, it's true Everybody knows she's a fan The thing she does to please.